Hey everyone, Evan Gerstel here with another great discussion with GXC, making enterprise 5G simple. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well. Doing great. Good, good Thank to you. see you both. We're going to have a really interesting discussion on real-world scenarios for making wireless in the enterprise via 5G simple and demystifying uh, some of the topics around Enterprise 5G. But first, let's do some quick introductions here. Uh, Hardik, uh, CTO, co-founder at GXC, maybe just introduce yourself uh, briefly. And for those who aren't aware, who, who is GXC? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, my name is Hardik Jain. Um, I'm one of the co-founder and uh, CTO at GXC based in Austin, Texas. Um, uh, GXC is a small company uh, commercializing uh, enterprise private 5G, um, and um, um, we're bringing all the good benefits of uh, cellular to an enterprise networking uh, space. Yeah, super excited. We're going to really dive a little deeper today. And uh, Mark from Salt Lake, I believe. Mark, how are you? Who are you? I am... State of Utah, um, Mark Houts. I'm in, I just uh, work in the IT side. Um, I work for the state of Utah. We've been building a private cellular network for several years. Actually, started before CBRS became available. We were looking for using some different spectrum options that we had, um, but we ended up moving over to CBRS and just kind of got my name out of there. Started blogging about what I was learning about this, and it kind of took off, and I became invited to this conversation, so. <laughs> Great, well, we're excited to have you here with some real hands-on, real-world insights into what's happening because there's a lot of questions that folks have and a lot of confusion about this space, I think. Mm -hmm. So let's dive right in, Hardik. I mean, let's start with some basics, you know, private cellular 101. Yeah, maybe, you know, how is private 5G different from current available unlicensed spectrum standards, uh, you know what's different, what's new, what's unique? Yeah, so um, uh, enterprise uh, cellular is um, um, I consider this as the the new uh, third stack um, that uh, enterprise networks uh, that enterprises can use in their network. So it's like bringing. Uh, it's like having your own cellular network um, and uh, bringing in all the good features of uh, uh, cellular uh, networking like uh, mobility, um, uh, uh, like spectral efficiency, uh, so having a much better uh, uh, coverage, uh, um, uh, enhanced, um, uh, enhancing the, um, the capabilities on the, on the access point side. Uh, like for example, in case of Wi-Fi or or, or other other uh, unlicensed technologies, you have uh, radios that operate only in one power level. Um, uh, cellular, you have multiple different types of uh, levels of uh, uh, transmissions that you can do. Um, uh, uh, so, like all the way from 200 milliwatts to like 40 watts uh, uh, or even more. Uh, and so, uh, bring all all of these things could benefit. Um, uh, especially uh, areas of, of enterprise networking which were not addressed before from a connectivity perspective, um, uh, right? For example, campuses, outdoor environments, uh, warehouses, um, uh, shop floors, et cetera, where 
connectivity has always been a challenge before uh, uh, not rightly addressed uh, using other other technologies and so this kind of blends in complements that uh, and, and becomes a part of the tool set yeah it's super exciting and and mark you know tell us about your environment um, what's different or unique about it and why bother with private 5g versus you know all the wi-fi solutions that are out there okay um so we got interested in this in reaching kids at home. I work with the school mm-hmm. district in the state of Utah. And the the idea of reaching kids at home, we started this before COVID, pre-COVID. Um, we had a network we were trialing to reach kids at home. Um, the idea actually started in, here in Utah by one of my good buddies, Jason Iyer at Murray School District. And um, but that's where it started. And then we we had a very, very small network. And then COVID hit, and that kind of accelerated the project. Um, we've got multiple districts that are reaching kids in their homes, providing connectivity, that closing that digital divide. Um, our interests really are reaching that um, off-campus um, in a lot of ways. But we're very much as well interested in that efficient spectrum usage. Wi-Fi just really does not handle spectrum. Um, very cleanly, private cellular does. Um, I'm very interested also in the scheduling ability. I can s- guarantee a tr- an application that it, the traffic will arrive. I know when it will arrive, mm-hmm. and I can guarantee. Whereas Wi-Fi, it may be a few milliseconds late. It may not may have to be retransmitted. Um, this this technology really provides scheduling and. Um, some efficiency with that spectrum that is that it just kind of knocks it out of the park compared to wi-fi so and then lastly the ultra ultra reliability um 5g if we get into the standalone cores and and all that when we finally get to that level um there's going to be a lot more reduced latency um ultra reliable activity compared to wi-fi that you just cannot get when you're sharing spectrum with wi-fi yeah, sort of best effort at best, right? And and Hardik, is this a typical environment uh, use case for private five G? You must have just a ton of different use cases, environments across the board, different industries. Um, is is this really a, a you know five G can fit most environments? Would you say? Indeed. Um... Uh, this feels feels like early days of uh, Wi-Fi, uh, uh, where there could be multitudes of use cases uh, in mo- almost every application, um, uh, and and you could get benefit benefit from uh, from this and um, uh, in, in different different environments. The uh, the use cases that we are focusing on, or we're getting um, a, a lot of uh, uh, progress on, is uh, industrial uh, manufacturing, um, uh, warehousing, smart agriculture, um, mining, um, oil and gas. Um, uh, it's a mix of um, mix of um, outdoor environment, uh, industrial. Um, RF challenging environments, uh, like where 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 typically RF signals have tough time, uh, and so kind of complementary to uh, uh, to environments that are um, uh, not served well by by Wi-Fi or, or by public networks, and so uh, 
uh, so fits in fits in there and and these are also some of the environments uh, uh, where where there hasn't been a good solution connectivity solution yeah. uh, for for a very long uh, long time um, and so use cases uh, for us would be connected um, uh, like IT uh, OT operations uh, enterprise operations uh, all the way from connecting handsets to tablets to yeah. robots uh, to forklifts uh, um, to, to certain vehicles trucks um, uh, cameras um, um, sensors um, uh, or backhauling sensors um, we're also seeing uh, private cellular uh, used as a um, uh, like a method of connecting um, uh, uh, a lot of the other technologies. Like, for example, uh, private wireless acting as a backhaul for uh, Bluetooth, LoRa, ZigBee, Wi-Fi, uh, mm. and acting as like kind of a connecting uh, fabric, um, uh, especially in, 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 in environments that I talked about. Wow, lots of versatility. That That's really interesting. Yeah. Mark, I mean, how does this private 5g network does it coexist with wi-fi assume you're not just getting rid of your wi-fi networks this is just another opportunity for more and different connectivity is, is that right yeah absolutely um with with the in the industry we've always had the wi-fi engineer right that's <laughs> been a title a lot of people have taken over the years that's that title's kind of evolving um the groups i'm part of i I'm very much involved in the Wi-Fi community and um, in those communities, they are trying to learn LoRaWAN, trying to learn BLE, they're trying to learn private solar. It's becoming, it's the, the industry is changing from just to focus on Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi was really our only option in a lot of ways previously for connecting our devices wirelessly to more of a niche LoRaWAN fits for this use case, private cellular fits for this use case, Wi-Fi fits for this use case, use different spectrum and so they don't interfere with each other. And so it's really, um, they're becoming complementary in in most in a lot of ways. In some ways they are competing though as well. Um, you can use private cellular, you can use Wi-Fi and yeah. it depends, Wi-Fi is probably gonna be cheaper and so in a lot of ways use Wi-Fi in, the, in a lot of cases. Um, there's places Wi-Fi struggles private seller exceeds, excels in those locations. And so, especially particularly in the outdoor um, use cases. And so it's better to use private seller in that, in that case. And so you kind of just need to look at the use case where the, what the need is and understand the limitations of the technologies and their benefits and, and kind of just put them where they work best. Yeah. Fit for purpose. Always a good, uh, uh, you know, philosophy, I guess. And Hardik, there are many variables, including, you know, price, performance, cost. I mean, how do you see that generally when you look at, you know, X number of Wi-Fi access points and Y number of, uh, of you know, 5G base stations? I mean, how does that look typically in a deployment economics-wise? Mm -hmm. um, I would say, like, uh, given the optimization that are that are, that have happened over the decades in the 5G stack, um, uh, for for a kind of an indoor use case, um, the ratio is four to one. Uh, so, like um, a cellular access point could cover the same area 
uh, as four Wi-Fi access points um, and, and still maintain the number of users and, mm. and, and capacity. For outdoors, it, it is much, much more. It could be 10 to 1 or 20 to 1, in some case 50 to 1, um, uh, right? Given, again, the, the the capability that the cellular has to go higher power levels, um, uh, right? And so we think of kind of like a cost per square foot. Um, it, it, in some cases, it could be cheaper than um, uh, using Wi-Fi. Um, I mean, especially we as a company, kind of, we're, we're kind of targeting space where... Um, uh, where, where other technologies like Wi-Fi may not be a good solution um, uh, to this, um, uh, and so so it really complements. Um, um, I also feel like um, private five G when when we can use five G for with higher bandwidth, um, it could it could start to compete with Wi-Fi in what we call it as a carpeted environment like office space, uh, etc. Yeah. But today, Wi-Fi does a pretty good, pretty pretty decent job. Uh, um, job of um, uh, connecting and providing connectivity in the carpeted space, uh, especially in yeah. One one great story I heard was you know you had a big concert or outdoor event I think, and you just put one GXC unit kind of covered the whole yeah. event, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, people were pretty happy with you know pretty pretty wide coverage outdoors. So that sounds uh, different than your usual concert yes. or outdoor thing. Mm-hmm. So very very nice. Um, Let's talk security a little bit. I mean, early Wi-Fi networks had a lot of security issues. I, I think it's possible to deploy Wi-Fi in a secure manner, but it seems like there's also a lot of misconfiguration or weak security deployed. Um, maybe I should go to Mark, because you're kind of on the hook for these kind of topics. Uh, I mean, talk about security differences in, uh, between 5G and private Wi-Fi. Um, when it comes to security, uh, everybody tells that private 5G is way more secure and all this mm-hmm. type of things. And it's not entirely true. It depends upon how you implement it. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a WPA enterprise Wi-Fi network that's running ETLS, you're pretty pretty secure. Um, mm-hmm. The benefits the benefits with private cellular comes down to when it comes to security. Um, the traffic is always encrypted. It is tied to a single um, SIM, and that SIM, for the most part, can't be copied, can't will not join the network. Um, but that SIM is also a physical device that I can take out of my iPhone or out of my laptop or whatever device and put in my phone, and all of a sudden, I'm on the network. And so there's a lot of additional pieces when it comes to security that need to be thought about and considered, um, especially on the infrastructure side. There is the ability with the SIMs to lock it to an ICC ID um, when it's on your phone or your or whatever that allows you to lock it down that helps prevent those issues. But you need to, you need to consider um, some of the other pieces. Over the air, you can't really uh, break that encryption. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're running a, w, a WPA3 enterprise, it's the same with ETLS. You cannot break the encryption. It's, they're very comparable in that regard, but at the end of the day, they have they both have their issues. And um, when it, but when it comes to private private five G compared to private LTE, there's additional piece yeah. that comes out. Um, with private LTE, there's a your MC number. Um, it's an identifier on your phone. You can use that and track uh, where devices with private 
LG LTE or private 5G, they're actually fixing that issue. We're we're progressing as an industry, making these technologies better and better as we go. Um, so they're getting comparable, but ultimately private 5G, if done properly, can be a lot more secure than Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I think Hardik, you you've been involved in a lot of the security deployments and discussions. I think publicly you announced a, a big uh, project with the U.S. Navy. Um, so, you, you know, privacy and security for those government agencies, particularly in the DOD, is, is super important. What's what's your thinking there? What's the approach at GXC to security? Yeah, indeed. Um, and uh, well, I agree with uh, a lot of things that Mark mentioned, um, um, like um, SIM cards kind of um, both in um, virtual form as well as physical form, uh, kind of the credential um, to get onto the network from um, for, for cellular um, and um, features like locking it to a particular device um, uh, or, or even... Um, uh, allowing it to provision, deprovision uh, with protocols that enterprises already use, like Radius, uh, SAML2, et cetera, um, providing, like, uh, and the, the, the ecosystem is evolving in terms of providing mm-hmm. that. We provide some of those to our customers um, so that they can use the same identity uh, engine, uh, service management engine, et cetera. The whole, um, like, the goal of uh, security is, is, um, uh, a, a lot of integration with the existing security tools that enterprises enterprises use, um, um, like like the management engines plus um, uh, firewalls, uh, uh, SASE, um, uh, etc. Combining that with uh, the inherent security that uh, the cellular stack provide could be could be super powerful. It may not be just it may not just suffice uh with what what it comes because it was primarily built for um uh for for telecommunication operators uh uh used as an authentication mechanism to get on get onto their network um so i would say a lot like a, a lot of more work that that need to happen and 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 we've done some of that work working with um, uh, uh, some of our customers. Um, we also participated in a, uh, DARPA's uh, uh, open source programmable secure 5G program, which is like all about uh, kind of security uh, vulnerabilities on, on the networking stack, uh, as well as um, uh, f- um, helping them find attack vectors. Um, um, both on the public network as well as private network, um, understanding vulnerabilities of um, of, um, of the current encryption as well as authentication uh, algorithms. Uh, uh, but I would say overall, uh, for for private cellular, uh, it's 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 generally um, um, like as we're evolving, prudent to integrate uh, a lot of these things to uh, the tool sets that. Uh, uh, that the uh, industry is already using uh, to secure their current existing networking infrastructure. Brilliant. Now, on the architecture side, something as co-founder and CEO you're intimately involved with, tell us about your approach on mesh networking. And I've heard of mesh networking for the home. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I actually need it because my Wi-Fi doesn't reach across the house. But, yeah. you know, this is kind of unique to 5G is the idea of a mesh. Maybe describe the architecture for us. And I'll ask Mark about how you might be using it? Yeah, so um, we we are uh, we're taking the the 
the same concept has been used for Wi-Fi today um, uh, to do access point mesh uh, and then um, bringing it to cellular. Um, uh, and so, so essentially, you could have um, uh, so, so using our architecture, you can have certain nodes, uh, certain access points, uh, which have which can have wired backhaul, and then other access points that would mesh with this wired backhaul. Um, and we enable it using uh, some filtering technology that we developed uh, earlier uh, part of the company and that allows us to do this at the same on the same frequency spectrum uh, like we can do cbrs backhaul cbrs access uh, for mesh so you don't have to use two different frequency spectrum like like wi-fi typically does 2.4 gigahertz backhaul for mesh and then 5 gigahertz access so, or vice versa or, or two different channels etc uh, and so that allows this significantly accelerates deployment, um, uh, especially in an environment where backhaul is not available or uh, deploying backhaul is very challenging uh, or expensive or permit uh, uh, to, to make that happen. And so uh, uh, like it, it kind of ties in with our goal of like accelerating um, uh, private 5G adoption um, um, and, uh, uh, and and builds an architecture, builds a more scalable architecture. So you deploy faster, scale faster, uh, provide 100% coverage on day one uh, mm. by using this. Um, we've had um, use cases for, for, for mesh nodes, which could be close to 200 meters. Um, and then you could go as far as uh, a few miles, like we've had two, 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 two and a half miles uh, away from the from the main node. And it really depends on uh, on applications to applications on how uh, uh, we want to use that. Um, and having a mesh in the same um, same technology, like you need doing cellular backhaul, cellular access, uh, allows you to kind of transform, transfer or bring in all the benefits of cellular. Um, uh, right, so so it's not like you know there's any suffer uh, like any penalty on latency or a bandwidth, um, mm. etc. You can ju- you just kind of start complementing um, other technologies that are out uh, out there. Fantastic, and and Mark, have you deployed this this mesh network in your? I have network? not. Um, I'm not using GXE's stuff. They're the only one doing it right now. Um, I've thought, I've uh, thought about um, specifically doing mesh. And because of the spectrum scheduled, um, it actually will pro- should handle. I haven't seen it in action, but it should handle it a lot better than, say, your Wi-Fi one at home. Because your Wi-Fi at home is using the same spectrum, but it mm-hmm. with with how Wi-Fi works, it plays what a lot in the industry call the game, a game right. where they which devices have to choose or when they talk. With private cellular, it's all scheduled. It all says, okay, it's your turn to talk, it's my turn to talk, your turn to talk. I see. And so when it comes to using a mesh, you scheduling, and so the spectrum is much used much more efficiently. And so I see that being a big benefit um, of why these mesh networks are, are better than, say, a mesh network at home. I would personally, I, I avoid um, mesh networks on the Wi-Fi side in any of my organizations because, because of those limitations with the Wi-Fi networks. Yeah. With cellular, I can see it actually being very beneficial. So, Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and Mark, I'm just reading your bio here. I, I didn't realize you're not only a network engineer, you're a business owner, a tech blogger. <laughs> uh, you, uh, 
You have all kinds Marcus. of cool stuff going on. You got your, a lot. <laughs> you got your CWNE recently. Uh, you don't like being bored, do you? you, you no, I don't. Like keeping busy. <laughs> <been involved> a lot. <laughs> I see you've been testing out Starlink on top of your Jeep Wrangler. I, I have to see how that's going. So yeah, we we need to get you know some uh, GXC units in your hands. It's it seems uh, soon to try this mesh networking. Um, well, super exciting. Really uh, appreciate the update, Cardic. What are you excited about over the next few weeks, month or or two? You guys have a lot going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about accelerating um, uh, adoption um, of, of using private cellular. Um, CBRS has been um, super successful uh, in, in the U.S. Um, um, and so excited with uh, uh, some of the things that are going on in other countries and enabling um, um, similar private private network spectrum capabilities. Um, and also... Um, uh, enterprises more and more using cellular, more and more understanding um, uh, the, um, uh, the the benefits that 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 the cellular provides, and then uh, starting to adopt it. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting times for us in the industry. Uh, do, do, do gentlemen, Mark, do you have any travel? Any any interesting trips coming up? Any vacations planned with with your with your uh, Starlink on your your Jeep, Mark? Or what what do you what's ahead? Before we hit uh, the uh, busy season, back to school season, up. I guess. Uh, it is back to school season, so this time's kind of kind of busy. Um, been playing with uh, a lot of private five G and or LTE at this point. I don't have any five G stuff yet um, for myself to play with, but I'm working on um, presentation for WLPC Prague uh, coming up this fall, um, and. WPC Mexico and WLPC Phoenix and lots of lots of speaking opportunities coming up. Um, talk about what we're learning here um, with this technology. So just lots of just trying to ex explore and teach people what, what this technology is useful for and just helping the industry kind of learn. And that's really kind of been my focus for a lot of it. So great. Well, we need your help. We need your uh, your leadership on on the education side. A lot of education to be done here, right, Arctic? I mean, this is a paradigm shift from you know traditional wireless networking. Um, and you guys at GXC do a lot on the education side, things like this, like events. What are, what are you looking forward to? I know there's a big five G event this fall. But you're involved yes. in many of these standards bodies and forums and events as well. Yeah, we um, um, we we go to a lot of events, um, uh, both horizontally as well as vertically. Um, mm. So, uh, looking forward to participating in um, in, in lots of those, like uh, the the the, late, the the one coming up in uh, September is MWC. Um, uh, last week is. Uh, oh my gosh! I uh, can't believe September is one month away. It's unbelievable. Away, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and many other events uh, coming. Fantastic. Well, keep up the great work. Thanks so much, gentlemen, for uh, for joining and sharing your thought leadership and insights. Much appreciated. And thanks everyone for watching. Uh, feel free to yeah. reach out. Thank you. Thank with you. any questions, comments. Uh, Jokes, whatever, whatever on on Twitter X, what we call it. Yeah. So, take care. Thanks. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye, Bye everyone.